Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to the First Cut Podcast, uh, post-CJ Cup, post, I can't ever remember the name, the Challenge Japan Skins Games, Middle of the Night something. I, I don't know. What are we calling that, Mark? <laughs> I think you nailed it. I'm going to go with what you called <laughs> the MGM Resorts Challenge Japan Skins. Is there, there. There's a lot going on there. I, I'm, I'm here with Mark Immelman. We're going to talk about the Japan Skins. We're going to talk about... At the CJ Cup. Uh, how was your weekend, Mark? Uh, don't ask me about football. Uh, <laughs> it, weekend was great, though. We've uh, got some family in from Australia, and they were. We, we went to Atlanta, which is always fun, and went to go watch Cirque du Soleil, which is incredible. Ooh. Yeah, it's, uh, so I had a good time, man, and watched a little golf late last night. Um, I was all up for that thing, set the alarm, popped awake, uh, watched the first few holes, and I was like, yeah, I really. And then it got a bit better. <laughs> but, um, it, I guess it's why, remember that match thing between Phil and Tiger? Well, I, I sort of got a sense for, for that going on last night. I was like, okay, this is cool, but yeah, really? I'm giving up sleep for this? Yeah, I know. We're, we're, let's get to that in a second. Let's start with the CJ Cup. So Justin Thomas wins uh, at 20 under. He beats Danny Lee by two. And then a group of uh, Hideki, Gary Woodland, and Cam Smith by five. He shot a 67 on Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, which was which was pretty impressive um, to kind of close that out. His best round was a 63 on on uh, Friday. He was pretty locked in uh, on that 63. But uh, you know, for me, Mark, the big takeaway with this is if you look historically, the group and Justin Ray had this great stat. He said most PGA Tour wins before the age of 27. This is in the last three decades, so in the last 30 years. Tigers got 34 wins before the age of 27, and then uh, Justin Thomas, Rory, and Spieth all had 11, and Phil, it looks like, had uh, 10 before mm-hmm. turning before turning 27. So Tiger with 34, JT, Rory, and Spieth with 11. I mean, we're talking about historically impressive stuff with, with uh, Justin Thomas. Yeah, well, look, he's he, he certainly is a player for the now that we all know. The talent is is palpable. You watch him play, and you just see that there's something special going on. Uh, you don't fall into the PGA Tour Player of the Year by accident. Um, uh, so, the thing that jumps out at me is not just the play, but how many times he shot 63 or lower. And I believe Justin Ray had a number to that too. But it's been ridiculous how many 61s, twos, and threes he's shot. Um, I called it one of his fifth, well, not one of his 59 at the Sony Open in Hawaii a couple of years ago, and that looked so easy. It was crazy. So, so his propensity to shoot so low, like 20 under par and lower. And then the fact that 
I saw this number, which caught my attention in a big way, that he's converted eight of 11 54-hole leads, which is just insane. I mean, think of all the players that have had three-round leads and then someone's chased them down or something's happened, you know, late mistake or whatever the case might be. Where Justin Thomas, I mean, that success rate is off the charts. And so I'm looking at a guy who's got a game for all seasons and apparently he's got the mindset to shoot low. And then to the t- uh, on top of that, he's just got this mindset to close out the thing come hell or high water. And so that just makes it all the more impressive to me that he held off Danny Lee, who for all intents and purposes had the lion's share of the fans support over there. So it was a big win from Justin Thomas. Yeah, I, I like that you mentioned the mental thing. I, I wrote about this on, I guess it was last Thursday, so it was after we talked last week, but I, I always go back to, remember when Spieth was just kind of burning it down in, in 15, he wins five times, two majors, and Justin Thomas that year was barely ranked in the top 100 in the world, and I, I just think it's got to be so difficult if you're Justin Thomas to watch Spieth do that and yep. and kind of stay in your lane and keep doing your thing because this is somebody that you're like I I mean I'm sure he thinks this like I'm I'm better than this guy or at least I'm as good as this guy or I have been growing up and I I was I always go back to that cuz I was really impressed by how mentally he just kind of stayed the course and it's paid off to the point that like I think it's a pretty universal opinion that if you look at golf right now, Justin Thomas is just better than Jordan Spieth. That didn't that didn't necessarily mean he's gonna have a more accomplished career, but in terms of who's better right now, it's it's JT. Oh, without a doubt. And 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 you bring up a good point and to that, I've got to give some props to Jimmy Johnson. He's a longtime mm-hmm. captain. And I know Jimmy from way back in the day when he was playing golf in South Africa as a professional. Yeah. And I fact caddied for the guy so i mean i've seen oh. i've seen all ports with jimmy johnson and he is just such a wise soul he's so easygoing he's softly spoken and he's the perfect foil for justin then he comes in there and he's worked for nick price hall of famer he's worked for steve stricker um, potentially a future hall of famer there's still stuff to be done there and then he comes to justin thomas all the talent in the world and jt to his credit, listens to Jimmy's um, wisdom and his counsel and his experience, which is vast. And and so Jimmy has shepherded him through this entire journey very, very well. And and you can see a combination now that might be one for the ages. And and if they stay together with Justin remaining healthy, you know, I think there's many more victories out in front of the two of them. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think you add him. If he was, I mean, he was probably already on the list, but if not, then you add him to the list of guys that in 2020 are going to make a run at, at uh, what Brooks Kepka is doing in, in the golf world. Uh, what else with the CJ Cup? Uh, so you wanted to talk about uh, your pick <laughs> and my pick. I'll go first. My pick was Mark Leishman. Didn't go well. He was T40, uh, T, yeah, T43. Uh-huh. He uh, he only shot one round in the 60s, and uh, yeah, I mean, I had JT in my top 10. Do we count that? Uh, yeah, you can have that. He, uh, finished, I'll, I'll... he finished in the top 10. <laughs> okay, well, okay, well, I'll be going through picks. I had Justin Thomas to win. one. Uh, <laughs> I had Ben on as a sleeper. Tie for sixth, and then he had that horrid one nine holes in the third round where I think he made like a quad or something stupid like that. And then I also had Sung J.M. who finished in the top, just inside the top 40 at five under par. So uh, uh, one up to me this week, boss. Yeah. 
Yeah, you, you definitely got me. Uh, the JT call was a good. I think just every Asian event now, I'm just going to pick JT. It seems like he wins all of them. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, it's just an auto JT pick. I'll, I'll pick him this week at the Zozo to go back to back. Speaking of events in Asia. May, Jason, may I really fast? I it was, it turned my head, and I shouldn't say this because he turns my head all of the time. Cameron Smith with a, with a tie for third, President's Cupper for Captain Ernie Else. Man, that was, I think, just what Captain Else wanted to see because, um, you know, some of his form boys haven't been playing that well. And we saw by Jason Day, he's hardly looking convincing. So to have an Australian playing really well, Adam's playing pretty well, I think that's a big deal for Captain Else and the morale in that international uh, captain's group right now. Yeah, Cam Smith's a stud. I, I think you can make the case for him is just consistently one of the three or five most underrated guys in the world that, that he'll pop up and you'll be like, oh, yeah, Cam Smith's unbelievable. You know, <laughs> and, he, and he, hasn't, he hasn't won a ton worldwide, but he's always like – I mean, I think he finished top six at the Masters a couple of years ago. He's just, he's really good. He's really consistent, and uh, he's a great player. So, uh, speaking of events in Asia, Jason Day won uh, a cool 210K, which mm-hmm. is like finishing T7, I think, at the CJ Cup. Stop it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you stayed up for this. I watched uh, all the highlights. It wasn't the best golf we've ever seen. What, uh, any big takeaways from the, the the skins game between him and Tiger and Rory and uh, Hideki? Well, like I said um, in our previous podcast, I was really excited to watch this thing. And yesterday afternoon, I had some middle school golf I went and watched, which was fun. And then I got home, had some dinner. I went and watched something random and fell asleep. And the alarm went off at 12 o'clock a.m. I pop awake. I'm on the couch. I'm all jacked like you and I normally do for uh, some late night golf somewhere and and the first few holes were like, wow. I mean, the course looked spectacular. The um, the fans were out on mass, and you just got four guys that couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. I mean, they were hitting it all over the place, and and guys are winning holes with pars. In fact, Tiger, that first par three or the second one, he's the only guy that makes three, and three other guys hit the ball in the penalty area, the water uh, to the right of the green. So I was like, you, I'm not so sure right now. But then it did amp up. And it started for me with one of those challenge holes where they brought the rugby legends in with Brian <laughs> and, and and a couple of the other guys there. And, and that was fun. And then Adeki makes the big putts and a banner jumps on his shoulders, which was I'm sure Adeki didn't want with his big rugby stud landing on you. Um, and so then it sort of amped up some and you could feel a little mojo going on and there were a few more birdies. And then the second challenge hole, that one club thing I thought was very cool. Um, get, listening into the players and getting their natural sound was lots of fun. So it got better for me. Um, as far as the takeaways, um, look, apparently Japan loves golf. And to see all those crowds out there and their polite clapping and cheering, it was pretty cool to see. And, and, and I'm excited that there's an ev- a PGA Tour event in Japan. And, and this is slated, I believe, to continue through 2025 or something, right? Yeah, well, I want to talk about uh, if <laughs> we'll do this at the end, but I want to talk about who you'd like to see with a uh, if the FCC wasn't involved and we could just say whatever we wanted on these broadcasts. I, I want to see who you would have in this in this format. But yeah, I mean, I don't know S- stuff like this. It, it's so hard because it it's impossible to make it feel uh, 
unscripted because it is scripted like by definition. And so I just think it makes it hard on those guys to, cause you're, you're essentially telling them like, go out and just be yourself. And it's like, well, I'm, I, you're just being forced into this like weird, awkward situation. And I think it, that makes the golf hard. I mean, we saw that with Phil and Tiger last year, the golf was horrendous. And I think you saw again, pieces of that, uh, this, this time around as well. Here's my biggest takeaway, Mark, and I, I want to see if there were anything, if there's anything that you took away in terms of like what you really, really liked or would use in the future. The one club thing is is awesome. Yeah. Like it, and and you can you can do a lot of different stuff with that, right? You can go three clubs. You can go uh, if you lose a hole, you got to take out a club. You, there's there's innumerable things that you can do and to watch i mean the 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 clip they had of rory saying i'm i think i'm gonna go five wood five wood it was like a 608 yard par par five and and tiger's like how good do you feel i mean it was uh that was a that was a cool thing and it's fun to hear those guys talk about that i I don't know just kind of intricacies of the game that we don't normally hear them talk about i love that too in fact uh at my team practice this afternoon, none of them watched, strangely enough, my men's golf team. And so I said to them, my big takeaway, and it was something I did on my own um, instructional podcast, was that you know, playing with one club is a great way to learn creativity. It's a great way to learn course management because you have to think a few shots ahead and you could see it in that situation. And it's a great way to you know, understand trajectory and how to make the ball go farther or shorter and to play to yardage. So it, it teaches a lot of imagination and such. And then, I mean, that bunker shot that Jason Day hit with a six iron. Yeah. That was Seve-esque. And, you know, when you start to go that way for me, then I start to get excited. And that's kind of when I did. You know, Rory made the birdie there on 10 to win a skin, and then the thing opened up some. And and you, there was there was always the banter and the chatter, but the golf got better then. And when the golf got better with, and then they had that one club thing, that's when I started getting all amped about it. Yeah, anything that forces these guys into situations where they have to have to hit shots that uh, normal humans couldn't even try, mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a proponent of that because I think it shows. I mean, Rory hits this flop shot. I can't remember what hole it was on, but he hits this flop shot, and you're like, well. In a normal tournament, he probably wouldn't even try that. But because it's an exhibition, because he's sort of like showing off, like I want to see more of that because I, I think it sort of highlights how good these guys actually are. Well, I, you know, I was looking at that flop shot and that thing was incredible. But I was thinking, man, there's gallery just about 20 yards beyond I the know. top. <laughs> the front edge of the club looking upward as he's swinging through that thing. I mean, that was seriously seriously sexy and so i was like whoa that's pretty cool too um you know to the whole skins thing though um i i think back and maybe i'm dating myself to those original skins games with like you know jack and trevino and arnold and gary and 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 you know that was sort of the golden era of it for me but you always had fuzzy zella or lee trevino or someone who was kind of he was the natural sound he was the guy doing the ribbing and the chirping and stuff like that and that seemed less contrived, really, because you knew that's what Trevino was like. So, I mean, I enjoyed the banter last night. I just found it a bit disjointed with the sound because you yeah. know, but I can imagine being an on-course announcer. You want to add something to what you're seeing, but then you don't want to speak over some player because they're more important. And so that's why, uh, for me, for a while, it was a little disjointed there. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. Okay, uh, 
Mark, hiring can be a slow process. Cafe Altura's COO, Dylan Miskowitz, needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company, but he was having trouble finding qualified applicants. So he switched to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experiences and invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. And that's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash F-I-R-S-T-C-U-T. ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Uh, we, I got a couple of guys, Mark, that, uh, might be hiring some, some PR people here in the near future, uh, to, to, to go to war in the media, Rory and Brooks getting after it. it. Uh, boy. it was kind of fun. Brooks, uh, Brooks has asked at the CJ cup about Rory and Rory had actually said this after the tour championship about kind of a rivalry. And, and I don't know that he was trying to make it into a big deal. I think he was more talking about. I mean, look, they're the top two players in the world and Brooks had beaten him in Memphis and he had clipped him at the tour championship. So I, I don't, I don't think he was trying to make it into like a historic thing. I think he was just talking about kind of what's going on currently, which I, I thought was fair. And then Brooks at the CJ cup said, look, there's no rivalry. He hasn't won a major in five years. Uh, he hasn't won a major since I've been out here and I'm number one in the world. And you're like, okay, I guess we're doing this. What, what was your take from, uh, from Brooks's comments? <laughs> well, I, you know, I wasn't really surprised. You know, this is the same guy, and it was one of the great comments of the year, still in my opinion. You were there, I was there in the press center um, at the PGA Championship there at Bethpage Black, where Brooks sits down. He goes, Well, look, there are 100 and something guys in the field, 75 of those guys, there's no chance they're winning. There's another 30 that are just happy to finish in the top 25, and he basically whittles it down to about 10 guys. Uh, I think it was, or whatever the number was. And he goes, so I've just basically got to beat nine or ten guys, and I've got this thing locked. And, and so it sort of speaks to his mindset. And it's it's a guy who is ultimately very self-confident and not afraid to say what everyone else is thinking. So I think that maybe there was some context lost to what he said. But the truth of it is that, I mean, since he's been on tour, it is the case. Now, I think there's a rivalry, and I think you and I and everyone else in the media wants to make some more of it than it is because they're good buddies. But 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 what he said, I mean, that's not stretching the truth or, or anything like that, really. Yeah, and, R- and that's essentially how Rory responded. He said, look, this is true, and basically I wish it wasn't true. Um, and he kind of – I thought Rory had an opportunity to kind of to kind of jab back at him. I mean – Rory's the player of the year. If you look statistically, Rory was a lot better in 2019. If you just look at strokes gained, uh, but he is, I think smart enough to know that none of that stuff would play very well. And so he, he sort of gave Brooks an out and said, look, don't take what he said out of context. Let's just not make it into something that it's not. And I thought that was a pretty diplomatic way of sort of, sort of ending the conversation. However, I think there's a world in which uh, Rory might file this one away and uh, 
Oh, and it, yeah. if it if it comes up later on that uh, at a Ryder Cup at a major, you're going to hear that one again for for Last sure. April 2020. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you know, McIlroy is going to be there. Is it likely that Brooks will be there? I mean, I'm concerned a bit about what this knee debacle is that he's got going on because. Yeah. Knees and elbows and wrists are a big deal for golfers. Uh, so is a back, but any joint is bad. So, but but I, this thing is going to come back to roost here in April. Of that, I am convinced, and you can quote me on that. Well, I, I th- and I think it's interesting. I was talking to some guys about this. I think we were talking at the U.S. Open at Pebble last year, and it's like Brooks. Brooks talks a lot, uh, not in terms of like the number of words that he says, but just the things that he. Uh, is about and and he's very brash about stuff which is great i love it i think it's awesome but at some point you're you're not going to be the number one golfer in the world you're gonna you're gonna start playing poorly and i'm curious to see like how this goes for him because i think i think there's a scenario in which fans or people in golf sort of like i don't know about turn on him but they're just like yeah this stuff isn't as cool when you're shooting 75s and not 65s yeah, that's a good point because I was on the course there at Bethpage Black in the final in the final round. I mean, I had the Dustin Johnson group and he's making it a run and Brooks is in behind there and starts stumbling and he was like the golden child. He could do no wrong for a while, Brooks. And then DJ makes a run and all of a sudden Brooks is public enemy number one. I mean, this it's like someone flipped the switch with that New York crowd and and you're right, things turn pretty fast. But right now, you know, I, I think it's I think it's cool for the fall. <laughs> it's nice to have someone speak in their mind a little bit. You know, this is what we all want, it, it, in truth, and, and we like a little a little spiciness to what's going on in the PGA Tour. So, yeah, it'll probably come back. Everyone, no one plays perfectly all of the time, but yeah, you know, let's just live today and, and enjoy today because I think it's fun to talk about this stuff. Who do you think wins more tournaments this year, 2019, 2020, Brooks or Rory? This this season, PGA Tour season. This one wasn't in the script that you offered me. Um, no, I like to catch you off guard, Mark. You know this. Um, th- it's a really tough question, and I'm not sitting the fence over here. Um, but you never know. Right now, as we currently sit, and, and because I wish I knew the future because then I would have won the lottery a few times and you wouldn't hear from me right now because I'd be disappeared somewhere. As we sit right now, I think McElroy wins more just because of the way they're playing and because there's some doubts about Brooks's health. So, so I'm going McElroy, but that's on current form. Yeah, I think th- I agree. I think the knee thing is interesting because Brooks acted like it wasn't a big deal after uh, after he got after it got worked on post tour championship, and now that he's pulled out of the CJ Cup and who knows what's going on. I I don't know. I, I'm curious to see if that's something to monitor going forward um there was something in the statement that concerned me and that was that he was going back to uh it it was the pie he had the stem uh injections obviously made and he was talking about how how painful that was to go through but what concerned me in the statement was he slipped on a cement floor and that aggravated an old knee injury so clearly there must have been some weakness there and then the statement went further that he was going back home for further tests now, when there are further tests being done, that's that, that's never good news by yeah. any of the imagination. So, that was concerning to me when I when when I read that to say, okay, this is not just your your regular, I've you know kind of sprained my knee or something like that. I think this is there's something to this. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, we got one more thing we want to talk about, but first let's hear again from our sponsor. Okay, Mark, uh, you, let's pretend like we live in a world in which you were made the director of next year's MGM Middle of the Night Japan Skins game, and uh, you you get to put you get to mic everybody up, and you tell them we're not going to bleep anything. Nothing is off limits. We're going to air this on digital only. There's no regulations. Let's go. What four guys are you picking um, to put into a skins game with with real trash talk with guys saying whatever they want? <laughs> uh, you got to go Pat Perez first. I yeah. mean, he, he, he's a given. Uh, he, he's worth the. He's, he's highly quotable all of the time, and he's not afraid of the ramifications. Um, Phil Mickelson is an all-timer. I mean, we've seen that with Firesides with Phil and all this other stuff that he's doing. So I think the two of them, and and then, I don't know, there's a wide net that you can cast. Um, I, I'd, I'd want to give an honorable mention and maybe an invite to Kip Henley, who is, is a caddy, is, is, is <laughs> vocal, and he's always out there on social media picking fights with all and sundry, or not fights, um, just calling folks out. And so, you know, he's not afraid to, kind of make the real the real sort of um trashy statement to a to a sledging statement is is the word we would use in south africa where you know like if i was playing against x dude i'd say well man that's not a very good shot and the real sledging would come back and go well yeah mark whatever your hairline's receding you know it's that kind of stuff where you really dig under the guy's skin some so <laughs> i think kip henley would be a good one and further than that i i, I think you go phil and perez and <laughs> then you can just have extra mics around them and, and no holds barred. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that you would even need to tell Perez that whether you're a bleep and stuff or not. I think he would just say whatever anyway. Um, I went I went Phil. I went Pat Perez. I went Kuchar. I think Kuchar would say some just vile things that would be really funny and inappropriate. With a smile on his face, yeah. Uh -huh. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went to, I went Stinson. I feel like Stinson would not say very much, but he would say the most memorable stuff. Um, huh. I think he would be great. I think those four together would be I, – I think, I think Stinson would get at Phil and Kuchar in a way that, that would be really entertaining and really hilarious. And then Perez would just be kind of the, the sideshow. Well, I, I, I would love it. I think that would be awesome. You get me thinking a little bit now because now I'm thinking out of the box and 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 my good friend Ernie Else, man, he is <laughs> he is quick with yeah. the jab and some of them can be quite incisive and then the late great Sevi Ballesteros, I mean, the stories about him <laughs> have grown their own legs. The stuff he used to do, where where, so I mean, if, if you were going back in the day, there because some real great ones you could insert in this game. Yeah, I think I think Ernie, if you got him with guys that he's better than which is most everyone except for like tiger and maybe phil mm -hmm. uh i think he'd be awesome i think he would i i, I think he would say some stuff to like a jt or a speed that because he wouldn't really care he's like whatever I'll, I'll i'll kick your ass if you if you say anything anyway so uh yeah speaking, he would he would be great speaking of never really caring uh, i'm scrolling through the pga2.com website right now and Tyrrell hatton's social media feed just showed up yeah i mean you got to have that guy in there he, <laughs> he is a wild child yeah you, th see this is this they should let they should put you and me in charge 
right. and then we just we would draft teams and uh, and play this thing out. It would be awesome. Well, look, we, 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 we can't discount Tiger. He is, from what I've heard, the ultimate, you know, when it comes to, you know, under little underhanded jabs and such like that, because, you know, he's just got the leg up on everybody. But Phil, you must. Perez, you must. <laughs> and I think this could be quite fun. I mean, let's let's lobby someone somewhere. Yeah, for sure. You and I will caddy. We'll cover it, whatever they want. Um, okay, Mark. Good stuff, man. Enjoy your week, and uh, we will reconvene next week to talk about the uh, the Zozo, the Zozo Championship. Um, uh, we'll not golf for you and me now. Yeah, I know. I got to avoid the the tornadoes here in Dallas so I can stay up and watch some golf. Should be fun. Great field. Uh, I will be back to preview that later on in the week, and then you and I will uh, will recap it beginning of next week. All right, buddy. You take care. Okay. Talk to you later.